Disclaimer, the following podcast contains inappropriate language, lots of true crime, weird stuff, and fan fiction that may or may not be extremely inappropriate. If these things aren't your jam, you can turn this podcast off now. La 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 Nice. I like it. Uh, hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm tired. How are you? Oh, you know, fantastic. But are you fan-ficking-tastic? Always. <laughs> and forever. That's the title of our show, everybody. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. Mm-hmm. I'm Sarah, by the way. Yes. And I'm Ashley. Yeah, Hannah's not here because she's busy doing other shit. I know. She's got a busy life. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, we have busy lives too, but we make time for this. That's fine. <laughs> cool. Uh, um, sometimes Sarah swears. I never swear, so don't worry about me. But sometimes Sarah swears. That's <laughs> true. I am the one who swears. That's you're fine. A, you're a cusser. It's fine. You like me anyway. I, I do. So, how's your week been so far? Um, hectic. Hectic. Hectic, yeah. Everybody wanted to do, like... Diane. Excuse me. Everybody wanted to do, like, um, Valentine's stuff for my work and what I do with work. But everybody kind of forgot that, like, it was this weekend. Mm. So there was a lot to do and people didn't know how to do it quickly. So I was like, okay, well, I will help get projects done. So I ended up helping finish like a whole bunch of projects, which meant that my own things got their timetable swapped around. So I was like really busy all week long. Just go, 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 you know? Oh, that's fun. And then tomorrow I get to go get my next COVID vaccine. Woo! Exciting. So how's your week been? I know the usual staring at com- like the computer, lots and lots of computer staring. This is my life. It's really exciting. But I did watch because Netflix decided to give me some joy in my um, humdrum routine. Yeah. Uh, dropped the Cecil Hotel documentary, so I one hundred percent binge watched that while. Um, writing up how-tos on technology mm. to give me some joy in my life. So that was the highlight of my week thus far. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Did you it watch it? it was no, I'm great. saving it for this weekend, but it was good? It was good. It um, it was not spooky. Oh. Because it totally was a true crime doc and not a haunted house doc. Okay. Uh, which, you know, is totally fine. Because it, um, so it ended up a lot more like that, um, that cats one, like the internet hates cats, whatever that one was called. Don't fuck with cats. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, so it ended up more like that because it talked about like not only um, the disappearance of like Elisa Lamb and then, but it delved into all of the people who started like analyzing her video like online and on Facebook and the people who like got like super into it and like, you know, or like posting all of like the conspiracy theories and, you know, the, um, like the tuberculosis <laughs> clinic, the, in like the, um, the antidote that's like her name backwards and like all of that stuff. Oh. So it it had like that kind of vibe like the last um episode or two see uh-huh. how we're, we're much more like don't fuck with cats than you know like ghost hunters um but it was definitely interesting okay good, yeah okay well no. i I'm, I'm looking forward to it this weekend yeah I do kinda... i still want 
Sorry. Wait. No, no, go ahead. Do I still want to find um, someone's Disney or Discovery Plus login so I can watch uh, the Ghost Hunters and Douchey Zach Baggins like Cecil Hotel like <laughs> escapades? Of course. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. But, <laughs> you know. So if anybody wants to reach out to us. Yeah. I don't want to pay for Discovery Plus. Uh, <laughs> mostly because the only show on there that I really want to watch is Ghost Adventures. But I do want to watch the Cecil Hotel episode. Just that one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it this weekend. I kind of feel like, because uh, the last vaccine made me really tired. Um, so I feel like this one will probably do the same thing. So I kind of expect to spend a lot of time on the couch. Mm. You know, well, This is a good curl up on the couch and just like watch <laughs> things, so cool it's good it's good that you saved it <laughs> i saved so, it for one whole day i saved it right hey no it's like two whole days right? uh, it came out like yesterday okay um just in time for valentine's day Yay. um speaking of you know internet dark holes <laughs> of things did you hear about the journalist who um you know, got deep into her research and discovered a murder for hire plot. No. Yeah. So um, there were journalists who were researching um, a story about the dark web. Okay. Right? And, you know, so they were um, looking, you know, at like the dark web, you know, like what it is, um, what it's doing. Honestly, it terrifies me. Right? Yeah. Like I never need to go there because I'm too afraid to go there. Yeah. Well, apparently, you know, this just reinforces the fact that it's a shady, shady place. Um, because they discovered um, information that there was, um, you know, Somebody was, like, trying to have somebody, like, hired to, like, kill somebody else. And okay. so um, this uh, chick, Kelly Harper, was arrested for um, paying the administrator for a dark website 6000 in Bitcoin okay. to kill somebody. Oh, geez. Yeah, the reporters, like, found, like, online chats um, for between, like, this chick and somebody who's in charge, the admin for a murder-for-hire site, and um, was, like, showing evidence that they had money, like, in their Bitcoin account and giving a description of the person that they wanted to murder, Um they found like a Bitcoin transfer between her and the administrator of the site. And so the journalists were like, oh, this is fucked up. And took it to the authorities. They searched her home. They found screenshots. They found the pictures. They sent um, the person like of the person that she wanted to have killed. And so she is currently um, in jail. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And is going to obviously go before a judge to, you know, plead guilty or not guilty. So yeah, that's crazy. What uh, sure. what was the motive? They don't say. They haven't identified who she was trying to kill or why she was doing it. They haven't disclosed that. So it's just that she was willing to pay like six thousand dollars, like Bitcoin, to have some anonymous dude killed. Oh, jeez. That's... And these, like, reporters discovered it when they were, like, doing their investigation into the dark web. Well, I'm really glad they discovered it. Right? And, and I also wonder, like, what is the, like, what is a Bitcoin worth right now? How much in real money is that worth? That is a good question. Because I feel like 6000 seems, like, really low. Uh, one bit. Holy crap! All right, one Bitcoin is forty-seven thousand dollars. Holy God! One Bitcoin is forty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah. So, 
do that math. No, I can't do that math. <laughs> yeah, neither can I in my head. Well, you have a computer in front of you, though. I mean, that's probably true. It's not a hard, you know, you just multiply it. But also, I can't do that math. I'm like, are you like, I'm ready. Okay. Um, yeah. So she's willing to pay like a crudge ton of money. Uh, holy bajillions. It is uh, two. Uh, no, that's got to be wrong, right? I don't know. Like, billion? That's not right. No, that seems too high for a murder. Yeah. Maybe a Bitcoin is not worth $47,000. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's a lot of money. So, let's see. 6,000 Bitcoin is, no, it's 2,800 Three three five four eight zero zero. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, I mean, I guess if you're asking someone to, you know, whack someone. Yeah. Cool. And she faces the maximum penalty of ten years in federal prison. Huh. Hmm. I don't know if that's long yeah. enough. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. And I mean, I, I mean that from the standpoint of like, a, if she's paying $2 billion, I don't know if that's long enough to be in jail for a billionaire. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Um, so I heard a story this week about a bat. You want to hear about a bat? Okay. I always want to hear about bats. <laughs> okay. So this one particular bat, his name is Statler, which is a great name. Uh, and he is an Indian flying fox. Um, mm-hmm. And he was at like a private zoo and being neglected and was severely malnourished. And his little toenails were all long and crazy and all over the place. And he lost mm-hmm. an eye due to an infection. And he was rescued thanks to, like, you know, some people and him and 40 other bats were were rescued and uh, they weren't able to save his eye. They did, you know, trim his claws and get him healthy and stuff. But he's a little old man bat. He's actually the oldest bat in captivity or the oldest known bat in the world and definitely the oldest bat in captivity. He's 33 years old. He's oh my almost as old as me. That's adorable. And uh, he has arthritis and can't really, like, he can't fly anymore because of the arthritis. So what his caregivers do is they'll hold him, like, just by the center of his body. And he'll flap his, his wings and, like, they'll sort of zoom him. Like, they'll just hold him and zoom him around the room so that he can, like flap and pretend to fly and get some exercise and they take him on tours of things so that he can sniff them and smell them and and go on like sensory tours it's this oh my gosh adorable it's so fucking cute cute. and it was his birthday and they made him a cake made out of fruit like it's just fruit and it's the prettiest thing and he's all upside down eating it it's so freaking cute it was the sweetest thing. So that was Statler, oh. the flying fox. That's adorable. Yeah. I had other stories, but that's the best one. I don't remember the other. No, that's like <laughs> the cutest one. That's the cutest thing ever. I want to be a little old bat that people just like hold around and do Superman. Right? Like. That is so cute. They also they have like this sling that they put him in. Like, you know, those baby slings? That's like it goes around your shoulder and it's like the baby's right in front of you at like boob height. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, they have like one for him and they like tuck him in there and wander around with him. No, no. Uh, like a little Moby, 
I don't know what they're called. That's so cute. I, I love Statler. Oh, I want a bag <laughs> that I can carry around in a little, a little baby sling. <laughs> oh my goodness! Pretty cute. So cute. Oh my gosh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> yes, I'm very glad he's being taken care of. Heck yeah, man. <sighs> yep. Well, that's way cuter than the rest of my depressing ass article and things I was going to talk about. Cool. No, give me another article. I like your articles. Well, I mean, I had two things. Do you want the um, the more depressing one or the more amusing one? Give us the amusing one. Okay. Well, we already kind of talked about this, but, um, you know, whatever. We'll talk about it you know, on the podcast. Um, the fact that the Amber oh. Alert, well, and <laughs> this is a good story to talk about. <laughs> it is. Um, while an important and significant tool yes. to prevent child abductions and to help um, children who have been taken be located, um, Located quickly, right, um, and in a timely fashion, uh, it failed spectacularly in Texas this month when <laughs> uh, a Amber Alert for Chucky, the serial killer doll possessed by the spirit of Charles Lee Ray, um, great name. <laughs> Amber Alert was issued for Chucky and his baby son, Glenn Ray were um you know was put out and of course little glenn ray is also a creepy puppet doll um and not an actual child who's been abducted from his mother tiffany (laughs) yeah so yeah the texas department of public safety um last week issued an amber alert saying that um the five-year-old doll son of Chucky again who was a doll possessed by um, a serial killer spirit was abducted and um, you were supposed to be on the lookout and of course Chucky was listed as a suspect and said to be 28 years old which is a lie because we all know he's older than that um three foot one inches that's accurate (laughs) and weighing 16 pounds with red or auburn hair and blue eyes how did this happen though i mean like how how did somebody go that is a good question somebody go a three foot tall 16 pound person stole a child no idea also, even if you went by when, like, Child's Play came out, Chucky wouldn't be 28 because Child's Play came out in 1988. So, Chucky, you know, is at least, what, 31, 32? Yeah. I, yeah. I um, don't know. Like, yeah. And his, but here's the best part. His race was listed as other dogs. No. How? Yep. Uh-huh. And his description, blue denim overalls wielding a kitchen knife. So they claim that it was a test malfunction. No. no. Mm-hmm. Somebody yes. got fired. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And of course, um, Glenn, for those of you that are not massive Chucky or Child's Play franchise uh, fans, is the product of Chucky and his... Um, Formerly actual wife turned doll wife Tiffany, who is a serial killerish person in her own right. Um, they make sweet, sweet doll love and have a little a doll time. baby um, who is even creepier, if that's possible. Um, and his name is Glenn Ray, because of course, uh, Becky's real name is Charles Lee mm-hmm. Ray. Yeah. So. That's the best part um, is, yeah. So I guess, I don't know. I'm assuming that somebody who is in charge of programming is a massive horror fan 
And so, like, as a test to put in, you know, for shits and giggles, uh, Chucky and Glenn, and when they did what was supposed to be an internal it test, got external. <laughs> it it got sent externally, so it went wide. Um, and instead of just like you know testing intern like inside their system that it worked, it got sent across Texas that you know Chucky had abducted his son. <laughs> so instead of inputting, you know, uh, John Doe, uh, six foot two. The 180 pounds has stolen Jane Doe. They they put in yep. Chucky and Glenn. Um, but the best part is uh, race other doll. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the highlight for me that it was done that. Yeah. Um, and so it was sent out via email three oh, times. God. So if you lived in Texas, I'm really want to know if you got that email please i'm so jealous <laughs> if you did um but hey at least they know that the amber alert yes. works so that's really good um because the amber alert is actually it was started in texas um and named after a little girl who was abducted in yes. texas while riding her bike so it's a texas thing but um i just really enjoy that it it's you like know somebody one and only like, time. whoever's in charge of their programming and testing is a massive yeah. horror fan. And it's like the one and only time that you can like laugh at an Amber Alert and get joy from an Amber Alert. Oh yeah. Cause, no. Because Amber Alerts are never funny except yeah. for this time. <laughs> this is the only time. And also wh- whoever did this is it has to be some kind of horror fan because let's be real Seeds of Chucky was not a popular movie. And um, what's the name of Chucky's son is a deep cut. Yeah, question. I don't think I've ever even seen and, Seed of Chucky. Yeah. Just like if you ask most people, like, you know, if they knew that, you know, um, the person who played Chucky's real life daughter is in Child's Play movies, they probably don't know oh, that fun. either. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She's the uh, one of the main characters in like the last like two movies. Oh fun yeah good times i of course have a weird thing for brad dorf so hey, but, but also charles lee ray is one of the best fake serial killer names ever. well because we as we know um serial killers they have to have three names so well when they don't jeffrey Dahmer only had two um you know but yeah, it's a good it's, it's a good serial killer thing to have yes. three names. Rolls off the tongue. But yeah, he does have the best um movie serial yeah. killer name. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a, a Chucky story to read to us? So I don't because I couldn't find a good one, but going off of the things that we've been discussing in the mm-hmm. past. I have a I have a Nicolas Cage story. Okay. I can't believe that there isn't a Chucky office mashup. There's not a Chucky office. I I looked hard for one. I couldn't find one. Does that but, mean you have um, to write it? Speaking of I think I'll have to write it. Speaking of um people with multiple names, did you watch the new Silence of the Lambs show? No. What's it on? Uh, what is it on? It is on CBS. No, I don't have CBS. Me and neither do I. I just have Hulu. <laughs> um, but it's Clarice. Okay. So, you know, all about just... Because um, like Hannibal was a good show. I had to stop you know. watching it. Plus... Mads Mikkelsen has like cheekbones for days, so I totally believe that he is like secretly a serial killer in real life. Um, I had to stop watching it for a really weird reason. Why? Okay, so it was not the cannibalism that made me stop watching it, it was like Lecter's abuse of friendship that made me stop watching it. 
Oh yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> it was like seriously causing me actual problems. I felt so bad because what's his face is like I have this really good friend and I totally trust him and he's such a good guy and like there's just the worst friend ever I mean he's a serial killer so of yeah. course he's going to be a terrible friend but like he's a terrible terrible friend oh yeah no like Will's buying him like BFF like necklaces and shit and like Hannibal's like setting him up for murder yeah no. <laughs> It's it's seriously. And that's why warped. I had to stop watching it because it was bumming me out so bad that he didn't know that he had. I think it was around the same time that I listened to the last podcast, Psychic Vampire. Oh, the yeah. Psychic Vampire. Hundred <laughs> percent. That totally makes like valid sense, though. <laughs> so, uh, Clarice is about Clarice Starling. Yes, it is. Um, it takes place a year after the events of Silence okay. of the Lambs. And so she's a junior FBI agent. You know, she's been involved in the Buffalo Bill case. She has her interaction with Hannibal. So, you know, it picks up on that. And I guess she's recruited to join a violent crimes task force. And, um, I don't know if it's good. I think the reviews have been meh. So I don't know if I'm going to watch it because just because Hannibal started off really promising. And I really like most of the movies in the Silence of the Lamb Uh world. Mm -hmm. Most of them. Um, So I don't know. And if I get really bored, I guess, and run out of everything else to watch, I'll check it out. But I thought it was interesting that they're just like, shit, what else can we make shows about? Yeah, let's make a show about my least favorite character from Sons <laughs> of the Lambs. Cool. We'll do that. Because, I mean, let's, let's face it, she is the least exciting character of everybody in that um, movie. I, yeah. I guess. I mean... I think that the, it's not the director of the FBI, but the the creepy guy with the glasses and the really straight hair who's like awkwardly hitting on her, he's not interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm saying like of the, like the main characters, right? Like, because you're not going to make a movie about like, you know, background guy number four, <laughs> but of like. You know, of Hannibal and Buffalo Bill and Clarice, of like the you know the yeah. main cast people. When you can have people you can name in Sons mm-hmm. of the Lambs, she's the one that I want to follow up with least. Yeah, that's true. I would like a like, deeper backstory like, on Buffalo a, Bill. Exactly, as I said, I'd rather have a prequel about Buffalo Bill than to find out what happens to Clarice after. Yeah, you know. Hannibal or you know Lecter tells her about you know the lambs like, don't care cool. well he's having an old friend for dinner <sighs> yeah some county all right Buttons. so <clears throat> <laughs> that's right all right uh where is okay so Kay. here's your question do you want I have two stories okay. one of them is really short because they never finished writing it. So okay. it's just the beginning. Um, which makes me sad because it's very weird and <laughs> promising. The other one is a little bit longer. It's not super long. It's mm-hmm. only 5,000 words. Um, it's also very amusing. Do you want them both or do you want to pick one? Um, okay. So I have picked the story like I don't even know how many weeks in a row. So I feel like. Like okay, but I it. I chose what? both of these. I chose both of these. Well, though. one of them you're more excited about than the other. So read that one. Oh, I'm excited about. Okay, well, do you want to start with the longer one? And then if you want okay, the short one, you good. can have it too. All right. So this one is called <laughs> National <laughs> Treasure 3, a recipe Yay. for disaster. You know, I actually like National Treasure. Oh, so do I. I show it's it to like my not a bad movie. <laughs> it's fun. 
it's it's jauntedly amusing i enjoy i enjoy it greatly all right um so this is i'm laying i'm laying down i'm cuddling up with my blankets i'm ready to hear my story all right get cozy so this is from archive of our own by diego brando and this is national treasure three a recipe for disaster Chapter one. <laughs> Liam Neeson knocked on the door of Nicholas Cage's ice shop. Okay. I didn't last long. Go ahead. Cage, I need a favor. My daughter has been taken. Again. Again, Nick asked. Like, seriously? Again? Yes. I'd rather not talk about it, Liam said, rubbing the back of his neck and looking away. No, but really, How? Well, I went to the grocery store, and I turned my back to look at the kumquats. And when I turned back, they had taken her. These men in green coats, Neeson said, his tone grim. Green coats? Nick asked. Yes, I think it was the Illuminati, mostly because of the triangles (laughs) on their coats. Seriously? Cage asked, incredulously. They also shouted, You'll never stop the Illuminati's pyramid eye, Liam Sacagawea and Neeson. (laughs) I have a question. Liam said. Are they just playing yes. themselves? Um, <laughs> okay. <yes. laughs> okay. Uh, Liam said, posing like he was holding a girl by the arm. Your middle name is Sacagawea? No, but the point is, I need your help, Cage. I need you to help me find the Illuminati's secret base. Liam said, placing his hand on Nick's shoulders. After a pause, Nick said, all right but you need to help me first. What do you need? Liam asked apprehensively. Well, this ice cream shop I opened after everyone forgot about that time I sold the <laughs> Declaration of Independence <laughs> hasn't been doing the best. Uh, and that's probably because I don't actually no. know how to make ice cream. <laughs> Couldn't Google that shit? <laughs> oh, what's happening? <laughs> it gets better. So I need your help to steal a recipe for vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Nick said, talking with his hands. You want me to hold off the search for my only daughter and help you steal a recipe for vanilla ice cream. Not just any vanilla ice cream. In 1760-something or other, Thomas Jefferson went on a trip to France. He brought back vanilla ice cream and you want to steal Thomas Jefferson's recipe (laughs) for vanilla ice cream. Liam said, so utterly done, so utterly done, it caused caused all the oven timers in the city to go off from how done he was. Yeah. Tonight, if we can. My rent's due tomorrow. So you're going to make really... a whole lot of ice cream all at once at night and sell it before tomorrow morning? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Liam breathed really slowly out through his nose. Okay. Let's go. Oh. Chapter two. Liam Neeson grabbed the, gripped the steering wheel of Nicholas Cage's car tightly as he drove to the White House to steal Thomas Jefferson's recipe for vanilla ice cream so Nick would help him save his daughter from being taken by the Illuminati. Having recapped the story, he turned onto the abandoned side road that was unguarded and would lead right to the secret tunnel which led into the Library of Congress. Arriving at the destination, Liam stopped the car and he and Nick got out. This is the place, he said, and pointed to the hole in the mountainside. We just need to get there and avoid noise. Sure thing, Nick said, walking up to the hole and crawling in. He turned back to look at Liam. You coming? I just need to get one thing first, he said, getting his bag out of the car. He pulled a knife and a gun out, holding them in position, (laughs) ready for action. Which is his knife hand and which is his gun hand? He's ambient weapon. And also he's going to crawl with the gun and the knife. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Well, he can do that, like, squat thing, you know, where he just, like... So he's, like, like, you know. like squat crawling with a knife and a gun. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Total yep. sense. Mm-hmm. 
Liam, we're here to steal the president's recipe <laughs> for ice cream. We aren't going to need to stab and or shoot anyone, Nick said. And if you bring those in, it's going to make it very hard to explain that I need a recipe for ice cream. But <laughs> I like my guns. The only guns no. we need are these, Nick Cage said, <laughs> flexing his arms. There was a moment of silence. Let's just get the dang ice cream recipe, Cage said, turning into the small passage. Neeson followed. After a few minutes of walking up a slope, Nicholas Cage saw light ahead, dropping onto his stomach and crawling forward. Looking down, he saw the library through a grate in the bottom of the vent. We can get down through here, he said, yanking the grate up. He slid his body through the hole and dropped into the floor of the Library of Congress. Liam Neeson dropped out next to him, <laughs> holding a butter knife. Perfect. Why the butter knife, Liam? Cage asked. You didn't let me have my regular <laughs> one. Cage turned and began looking through the for the ice cream recipe. After a few minutes of searching with Liam watching his back, Nick found the ice cream recipe section. Of course, there's yeah, the ice cream why not? section. He began paging. Yeah, he began paging through the note cards, searching for the ancient post-it note that was sure to carry post the secret of Jefferson's ice cream. Okay, an ancient post-it note. They clearly have not watched mm-hmm. Romeo and Michelle's High School reunion. Um, everybody knows <laughs> Thomas Jefferson invented post-its. Oh, God. Okay. okay. Find it quick, Cage, Neeson said, looking over his shoulder. We might need to run. Yeah, yeah, Nick said, pulling the note cards. Here it is. Wait, I thought I was looking for post uh, Whatever. Um, he pulled Jefferson's recipe for ice cream or a replica of it out and stuffed it in his jacket pocket. Suddenly, alarms started blaring. Red lights were flashing everywhere as really, really slow metal grates started closing <laughs> over the doors. Neeson tossed his butter knife at the back door, jamming the grate shut. Suddenly, from the other side of the library, the doors burst open and the two thieves could hear the sound of boots tramping down on the floor and men shouting, Cage, run! And Liam Neeson shouted, I'll hold them off. You can escape with me, you idiot, Nicholas Cage said, grabbing Liam Neeson's arm and dragging him to the exit. The two broke into a full run, and when they reached the door, Liam Neeson did a spinning kick, bursting it open, <laughs> busting it open. Sorry. The two leapt out through the door, landing hard on the hill, le- leading back down to the deserted back road where their car was parked. Cage slipped and started rolling down the hill, whereas Neeson was able to stumble <laughs> down with slightly more dignity. Getting in the car, Liam bolted into the front seat as Cage hurled himself over Neeson's lap into the passenger seat. Yanking the recipe out of his pocket, he began memorizing it as Neeson turned the car off and reversed as fast as he could into the back road, eventually Tokyo (laughs) drifting onto the highway as Nick gasped. What is it? Neeson asked, trying to focus on driving. While I was reading this, I noticed something. If you read every first word, you get a secret message. Cage explained. Well, what is it? I can't read it myself, Neeson yelled. It reads... Liam Neeson's daughter has been taken by Illuminati and she's being held at Cage Red. There was a pause. Well, go on. I don't have all day. Liam yelled again. That's all it says. The rest of the note is on another recipe. Cage explained. Well, what recipe? I held the car up to the light and there's a watermark on it. It says Jefferson <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Cage continued. No. What does that mean? Jefferson invented, Thomas Jefferson invented macaroni and cheese. Nick said, authors know this is probably true. So the rest is on that card. Well, why didn't we get that card too? I noticed it. It wasn't there. What? Cage, if it's not there, Liam's voice weakened. My daughter. I said, I saw where it is at least. Neeson grabbed Cage's shirt. Cage, he said sternly, where is it? The card where it would be read in use, Liam. It's being used for what? To make macaroni and cheese? Exactly. Well, who's using it then? Who has it? I think you can guess. Liam thought. (laughs) Obama. He has it. Dead on. We need to rob the White House and Barack Obama for Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson's macaroni and cheese recipe. I love this story. Chapter three. 
Liam Neeson stopped Nicolas Cage's car in front of the White House so the two of them could steal Barack Obama's recipe for macaroni and cheese, a dish invented by former president and member of the Illuminati, Thomas Jefferson. Having recapped the story, Liam pulled up to a hedge that was so thick none of the guards could see through it. Nick, we can sneak in through here, Liam said, getting out of the vehicle. The hedge is too dark and we can get in there. Sure, Nick said, diving into the hedge. The part where they dive into the actually sneak into the White House is almost identical to the part where in the last chapter where they sneak into the Library of Congress and that part was a stupidly large chunk of text. <laughs> so we're going to skip ahead. You're telling me that I have to dangle down into Obama's <laughs> kitchen by this rope, take the recipe out of his hand, and then have you pull me back up? Liam Neeson angrily hissed at Nicolas Cage. Uh, yeah. Fine. Pop this grate and dangle me. Nick yanked up the grate and tied one end of the rope around Liam Neeson's ankle. Liam slid out of the grate, the rope tightening around his ankle. Seeing Obama below him, he reached out his hand to grab the recipe. There was a good six feet between Obama and Liam. Nick! Liam hissed back up. More rope! That's all there is, Nick hissed. Well, I can't reach it. Hold on, I've got an idea. Liam started swinging a bit, then felt weight above him. Nicholas Cage was sliding down the rope after Liam Neeson. <laughs> Dangle me! God damn Cage, I'll yell at you later, Neeson said, pulling up and taking Cage's ankle in his hand. Nick let go of the rope and swung down. Neeson almost dropped him in Obama's pot of boiling macaroni. Obama started stirring the macaroni, not noticing sure. the two men above him. Cage held, right? Cage held his arms up, not wanting to dangle <laughs> them in Obama's face. Just a second, waiting. Obama peered into the pot, giving Cage an opening. He stretched for the note card, snatching it from Obama's hands. Wait, how are we going to get back up? Liam hissed. In the old plan, you were supposed to pull me up, and now you're down here. At this point, the crappy knot Nick had put in the rope around the grate unwove, and the two men fell on the floor. Obama turned. What are you two doing? Trying to steal <laughs> yeah. a macaroni? Chapter four. So... You're telling me that the Illuminati kidnapped your daughter because of a prophecy in this recipe for ice cream. And the rest of the prophecy, you need this recipe for macaroni and cheese, Obama yeah. asked. Yes, Liam Neeson said in a serious tone. That's about it, Nick Cage followed up with. Well, sure, you can borrow it, Obama said. What? Both men were shocked. Yeah, I don't need it that much. I just took it out because I needed to make macaroni for my friend who's visiting. And because it's already out of the library, I can just say I wanted it a little bit longer. Obama explained. <laughs> just bring it back. Very nice of him. Well, thank you, Mr. President. If I may ask, who's coming over to dinner, Mr. President? Cage asked Obama. Oh, my good <laughs> friend Kanye West. There was a pause. And then Obama said, you guys could join us if you want to. 20 minutes later... <laughs> Nick no. and Liam were sitting at the table. Obama was at one end and Kanye was at the other. Man, Obama, it just blows my mind to know you rule the entire country. <laughs> like, wow, Kanye said. He didn't seem to stop talking. I mean, no one man should have all that power. And it says power, P-O-W-W-W-A-A-A-H. Mm-hmm. Obama attempted to defend himself. Well, I actually have a cabinet and two other houses limit my powers. And beyond that, I need the people to vote on. I mean, no one man should have all that power. That clock's ticking. I just count the hours, start tripping. I'm tripping off the power. The Obama turned to Cajun Neeson. He does this. Kanye stopped to breathe for a second and Obama cut in. So what are your thoughts on what I've actually been doing, Kanye? Oh, I stabbed myself. I don't know. Everybody's been saying that I'm the abomination of Obama's nation. And I said, that's a pretty good rhyme, but that's a pretty bad way to start a conversation. Like, no one man should have all the power. Obama turned nation to Liam Neeson and <laughs> Nicolas Cage. You guys can probably go now. I don't think you'll notice you. Thank you, Liam Neeson said. He and Cage stepped out. Okay, seriously now, Liam said, as he started to walk to the car. What does it say? Well, the first one says, Liam Neeson's daughter has been taken by the Illuminati and she's being held at, Cage said, recapping. And the second one says, our secret base in the Arctic Ocean near Russia. And then there's a lot of coordinates. So if we steal a boat, Liam said, let's <laughs> do it. Cage finished. Chapter five. 
Liam Neeson drove the boat and he and, that he and Cage had stolen in a hilarious side story that had a lot of text, <laughs> so I removed it. Thank God the boatman had a spare tiger pelt, Cage said. To be honest, I'm surprised he had one, Liam said, shouting over the hum of the motor. Cage checked the stolen GPSA ahead. They had inputted the Illuminati. Uh, they input... I'm sorry... Cage checked the stolen GPS they had input. The Illuminati had given okay. them that. That still didn't make any sense. Cool. 66.6 latitude. They know the exact location of uh, Well, yes, it was <laughs> on the macaroni and cheese recipe. <laughs> As you do. Neeson pulled his stolen supply glass from his stolen trench coat and peered through it. He could see an island shaped like a human skull. Jamming down the pedal, he sped ahead. We're almost to the people who took my daughter, Liam growled. Beaching the boat on the shore, Liam and Nick hopped out. Is anyone else here? Nick asked. So, a voice said, you guys finally made it. <laughs> it was Kanye West. Kanye, Nick shouted. It was you all along. That's right, Cage, Nick shouted. Why did you take my daughter, you son of a gun? Liam shouted. You two are the only people who could stop me. I wanted to fight you both here on my terms, on my island, Kanye said. That's why I opened a much better ice cream shop than yours on the Illuminati's money to drive you out of business. And then you go to Liam for help, just as he went to you for help. And then you both come here, Kanye ex explained. But why? What are your goals and determinations? Nick shouted. We wanted to overthrow the president because no one man should have all the power, Kanye shouted visibly upset finding the urge to start rapping again but nick started were you listening to the president he said that bro i only got time to listen to two things soviet <laughs> brainwashing and rap mine kanye shouted and if you're looking to debate start talking my language nick he wants to fight us liam said let's do it i'm more skilled all right fine liam took a stance to fight and charged at kanye swinging a fist at his head he shouted Kanye's head absorbed the impact, and Nick could hear Liam's knuckles crack. Why are you so tough? Liam yelled, pulling his hand away. <laughs> Soviet cybernetics, son, Kanye shouted, pulling his fist up to block Liam's kick. They put the mimi while I was vacationing to watch the Olympics. Liam, we should have known, Nick shouted. Only a robot could put up with Kim Kardashian. Nick reached with pocket. Catch. I know. Uh, sticking his hand up, Liam Neeson caught what Nicolas Cage had thrown, the butter knife. Not stopping for anything, Liam drove the butter knife into Kanye West's cybernetic oh. eye and popped it out of the socket. You realize that won't stop me, right? Kanye yelled, his remaining eyes scanning around the area at a much faster rate to make up for his lack of vision. That, that, that won't kill me. It can only make me stronger. And he grabbed the butter knife and snapped it in two. Liam looked around for sticks or something he could jab into Kanye's robotic eye again, either to totally blind him or damage one eye socket further. Liam Neeson, we are fighting a robot who runs on electricity, on a beach, next to water, Nick shouted. He threw a pail of water on Kanye. <laughs> no, Kanye stuttered. It had to be a beautiful death. Well, Liam said, not very climactic. Looking around the beach, Cage noticed a trapdoor. There's probably something in there. And what's more, there only might be a murderous cyborg rapper in there. Might? Liam asked. Yeah, there only might be. Versus the 100% legit murderous cyborg out here, Cage shouted, walking to the door. Let's go in. Entering and sliding down the ladder, the two men found themselves in what felt and looked like a freezer. What is this place? asked Liam. The secret face of the Illuminati, said Ice Cube. Whoa. Sorry, say that again. My uh, mm -hmm. phone just freaked out at me. Uh, I uh, heard, I heard the secret base of the Illuminati, you? and then it fuzzed out at me. <laughs> Said Ice Cube. <laughs> there we go. Okay, Chapter Six. That's right, Neeson and Cage. We were behind the Illuminati this whole time. Ice Cube said. He was wearing a toga and a laurel, but he also had gold chains wrapped around his neck and wrist. Ice Cube, love you, and are we there yet? Cage said. Wait, Neeson said, holding up his hands dramatically. Who's this we you speak of? All the rappers with ice-themed names. 
the Illuminati is ice themed itself, which is why we hit our prophecy and the recipe for ice cream. Sure. We also invented it, Ice Cube explained. We're all here. Ice tea, vanilla ice, <laughs> iceberg slim, and coolio. Ice Cube said, pointing out the other rappers who also had the toga chain combo. Is Tupac here? Asked Cage because I heard Tupac is dead, okay? All the rappers shouted. <laughs> this is a great story. What about Kanye? What about Kanye? Nick asked. He's not icing. His lack of an ice name allows him to go undercover, totally unseen, completely unnoticed, and totally invisible. Vanilla Ice said his toga was actually just an American flag. Unnoticed? Cage asked incredulously. Assuming his reprogramming worked properly, he should be quiet, selfless, and almost unknown, Ice-T said. It's the same reason we use DMX, one of our first cyborgs. His reports always list him as polite, demure, and kind, Coolio said. Polite? Enough of this, Liam Neeson said. Where is my daughter? He shouted, holding his half of a butter butter knife threateningly. Yo, calm down, said a new voice. It's all cool. Ice-T turned. Snoop Dogg. We thought we told you not to come around here anymore. No. Oh man, why, Snoop has? You still use your gangster voice. Everyone here uses their proper Romanesque voice. And you just put your toga on over <laughs> he would, your though. sweats and shoes. And laurels do not right. And laurels do not belong on Rasta caps. Man, that ain't no fun. Liam was starting to get tired. Where is my daughter, you sarcastic ice-themed rhythm poets? I have her, Liam, shouted yet another voice. Oh, dear, said Vanilla Ice. You've awoken the beast, Neeson. <laughs> What's happening, KHS? The rappers were, were all silent. And then in unison, they raised their arms and spoke as one. <laughs> Putin. And the floor cracked and exploded open, <laughs> flinging flames everywhere. <laughs> Yep. Out of the hole in the floor rose the man leading Russia, Vladimir Putin. I see you've come for me. Come to stop me, he said in a booming voice. You can try. The flames behind him caught onto his suit and his suit began burning. The rappers began shying away from the burning world leader as his suit jacket began burning away, revealing a torso rippling with muscles. Are you ready to face me, Putin? He yelled. Neeson raised his fist, but Cage stopped him. You fought Kanye, Liam. He removed his jacket. I'll take this one. Driving his coat on the floor, he chuckled to himself. (laughs) It's going to be a cage match. Chapter 7. Cage stared at Putin. Putin stared back. Well, come on then, Putin yelled. Cage swung his fist at Putin, who took it on the chin. His entire chin had seemed to turn to metal. Taking a few more swings, Cage soon bruised his knuckles to the point where he could no longer hit. He tried kicking Putin's torso, but that had hardened to metal as well. Liam was watching. His skin hardened up into what looked like steel in an instant before a fist could make contact with it. What? How are you so tough? Cage yelled. Nanomachine, son. Sure. Putin growled back, his Russian accent displaying itself. They hardened in response to physical contact. Liam, get the bucket. They're waterproof too, American, Putin yelled, laughing. Putin grabbed Cage by the throat and leapt out the trap door. Liam turned to the circle of rappers. Here, yo, said Snoop. Take this on your quest. And he threw a small box at Liam, who then opened it. A butter knife? <laughs> Yee, said Snoop, nodding. There's something else in there, yo. You gave me a sponge, asked Neeson. How is that supposed to help me? Yo, you gonna see. Uh, Liam shook his head and started hauling out the trap door, where he could see Cage trying to hit Putin with a stick. Why won't you die? Cage shouted. Nanomachine, sir. I know. Liam cast around for something else he could use the sponge on. The sea? Maybe he could sponge Putin to death with seawater. He saw Cage take an iron fist on the chin and fly backwards. Liam began to worry. He knew his friend couldn't survive many hits from Putin. Suddenly, he looked behind him, the two and saw what he could sponge. Running into the fight, he shoved Cage away. Take this, he shouted through the sponge at him. <laughs> Save Kanye. He's our only hope. <laughs> Cage took the sponge and ran through the sand, sliding to Kanye, and began sponging the seawater off of him. 
Kanye's remaining eye began warring to life, staring around the scenario. What happened? He asked, still stuttering. If you save Liam from Putin, I'll save you. Kanye's eye flashed red, then glared bright blue. Deal, he said in an eerie, echoing voice. The cyborg leapt up, his servos growling and whirring as he pushed himself off his sand and leapt at Putin. Cage realized that not only were the machine parts growling, but the man himself was growling with determination and anger. The water thrown on him had clearly sure. jolted him out of his Soviet reprogramming. And the deal I made with him just sealed the deal, Cage pun. Putin made a swing at Liam, which was not doing well. However, before his fist could connect, Kanye slid in front of him, kicking up sand and absorbing the blow with a heavy clang. Kanye, Putin yelled, I thought you were on my side. You aren't a hero. I am now, Putin, Kanye said, pushing Liam Neeson back slightly. I've been changing sides a lot recently. America, Britain, Russia. I've been wrong. I know what side I fight for now. My side, he shouted vehemently. But what if you're wrong again? Putin yelled back. I know I got to be right now because I can't get much wronger. <laughs> Which is not a word. You mean all. Kanye said something that didn't Chapter make sense? Eight. Kanye West. <clears throat> yeah, now it's a shock. What can you do? What can you do? Kanye West stared down Putin as Liam Neeson and Nicolas Cage stared at the two. You're forgetting one thing, Kanye. Putin said nanomachines are stronger than cybernetics by a large degree. To prove his point, he swung his fist at Kanye, who caught it. However, there was a sickening crunch, and Liam could see Kanye's false rubber skin split open, revealing a metallic interior. As Putin put on more power, he could hear the interior begin to strain as smoke poured out of it. Putin pushed as hard as he could, and the metal inside Kanye's arm cracked and as a snap could be heard inside. Kanye flew backwards, unable to hold the Russian machine back any longer. Everyone in Russia loves me, West, Putin shouted as he stepped towards Kanye. All of the East is behind me. He yelled even louder as he reached Kanye's body. In fact, I'd say oh, no. that the East is about to defeat. He paused <laughs> for comment. The West. He raised his arms to perform a Russian elbow drop, but he was interrupted by what sounded like a sonic boom overhead. All four looked up to see a fleet of planes, the leader of which had an American flag tied to its tail. The bay doors of the lead one opened and dropped what looked like a tiny bomb out. Putin laughed. I can catch whatever you throw at me, Obama, he shouted at the bomb. My body puts out what we call a fortune field. All bombs, grenades, and bullets will fail, misfire, and if they manage to leave the gun, ricochet away from my body, he laughed. <laughs> the only thing that is permitted is humans, and there isn't a human I can't defeat. The bomb was nearing Putin. The metal side split off, revealing a tiny capsule. Just before it could have hit, the capsule opened, and whatever was inside hit Putin with full force. Despite his fortune field, there was still an explosion. Cage hoped it might have killed him. The smoke cleared. A human shape was visible through it. Cage's heart sank. But as the smoke and sand settled more and more, Cage realized it couldn't be Putin. It was a black man. Putin rose from the sand at the black man's feet, ready to face him. But as he raised his hands, he stepped back once he saw the man's face. Kanye, Neeson, Cage, and Putin all reacted at the same time, shouting the man's name. Obama? That's right, Obama said coolly. It's me. You fool, Putin said. Even if you have cybernetics like Kanye, you'll still fall to me. And he left at Obama, doing a spin kick as he shouted in Russian. However, the leg connected to Obama's face. He turned silver an instant before, just like Putin did. Obama, Putin yelled, his eyes going around with anger. When did Americans invent <laughs> nanomachines? Just now, Obama said. I knew, as every the president does, prophecy. of the ice cream prophecy. He removed his blazer. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that I would be the one who has to deal with it. Taking off his tie, he said, and I knew the Russians had nanomachines for years. <sighs> Removing his shirt so he was in pants and shoes like Putin, he followed up with, and I've known them to make I've known to make them for a while. I just haven't known how to use them. Taking a stance across from Putin, he finished with, and having seen you use them, I know how to use them too. Keep them racing around your insides, running through your blood, and then have them rise to the surface and form a shield against damage just before something can hit. Smart there now. Smart Obama. Very intelligent. Putin hissed. 
That only means we're evenly matched. Wrong, Obama said to Putin's surprise. I have less nanomachines than you do. There's only so much protection nanomachines can provide. I just have enough to provide maximum power, but you have overloaded your body with them to the point where it's slowing you down. Your speed is just about a human level, but mine is much higher. How much higher, Obama? Putin growled, growing tired of Obama's exposition. Well, Obama began. However, he then blurred like a film filter was put over him. In that same instant, Putin fell to the floor, howling in pain as a bruise was already <laughs> forming on his chest. That fast. How are you so? He paused to cost. Fast, American. Obama smiled. Nanomachine, Oh, my Lord. Son. Chapter 9. We're almost done. Obama's fist rippled with metal as the nanomachines began below it prepared for battle. While Obama, Putin hissed, the nanomachines in his skin were trying to repair the damage, but were only able to fix it slowly. They were made to block, not recover. It seems you have me. My nanomachines aren't fast enough for bullets, but the fortune field prevents that. However, you've tricked it with your nanomachines, so I wouldn't admit defeat, but he turned to Kanye. Cage briefly remembered how earlier today he'd been worried about his failing ice cream shop. Putin stopped at Kanye and shouted, no. Kanye West, are you up to the Kanye test? Kanye stood as his eyes glowed red. Putin continued, satisfy your Kanye quest. Kanye took a fighting stance as Putin finished with, be better than all the Kanye rest to be the Kanye best. Kanye flew at Obama. The false rubber skin on his arms flying off. Obama dodged Kanye's swing, looking at his robotic arm. Kanye, what are you doing? The rhyme is what we used to brainwash him. Obama, ha 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 ha, Putin yelled. And now he's our puppet again. Putin, you fool, Obama shouted. I'm not going to fight my friend. And then he remembered, and thanks to my nanomachines, I don't have to. I'll absorb his hits without any issue. I know, Putin chuckled. That's the plan. Um, Kanye got a hit on Obama, but as he did... He absorbed the blow without any issue, thanks to the machines. But Kanye's robotic arm began smoking again as the crack widened. A second hit tore the false skin off of his other arm. Kanye jumped back and pulled the rubber off, leaving him with, in his ripped hoodie with two metal arms. No, Obama whispered. That's right, Obama. Putin yelled, he's going to tear himself apart trying to kill you. <laughs> Suddenly, Liam Neeson remembered he was in the story. Cage, the bucket. Of course, shouted Nick. Cage and Neeson leapt up and ran to the bucket. Nick ran and filled it with water and passed it to Liam, who ran it back to Kanye. Obama had caught Kanye's fist in his hands after a punch and was trying to hold him back. But Obama was simply too strong and was beginning to crush Kanye's hands. Liam poured the water over Kanye, who <laughs> rose up. Obama released his hands, but then Kanye began attacking again, swinging his fists. Obama had no time to react, and his nanomachines rose up to absorb the blows until Kanye's right fist cracked down the middle as his left arm snapped, giving him a very broken look. That, 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 that don't kill me can only make me stronger, he said, his eyes glowing black now. Liam, what do we do? Nick asked. Kanye is going to rip himself apart. Liam started panicking. Suddenly he had a thought. Obama, catch, he said, tossing him the butter knife. Knock him out. Obama had a better plan. He deflected the knife off of his hand, sending the sharp side at Kanye. It flew straight at his forehead, cutting a chunk of rubber and revealing a metal skull below it. However, it didn't end there. The knife ricocheted further and hit Putin directly in the forehead, blade away. Obama leapt over the sand and caught the butter knife in his hand and threw it again, bouncing it off Putin's head. He essentially began dribbling it at this point, sending the <laughs> metal bouncing off Putin's head over and over and over as he fell. Just before he made contact with Putin, his limbs and body flew into a pose, so upside down. He caught the stun Putin in his arms and kicked, flipping himself right side up and suplexing Putin in the stand. Obama stepped back. It looks like Putin was just, he paused for comedic effect, put down. Kanye's eyes turned from black to red and then went dark as he hit the sand. Obama picked him up and began carrying him. Kanye hissed to life just a bit and struggled out of Obama's arms. Wait, Obama, I was a machine made to destroy you, but I can use my technology on Putin. You aren't going to kill him, right? Asked Cage. Neeson had just remembered Perfect. why he had come there and bolted down the trap door to get his daughter. Nah, Kanye said. I'm going to take his nanomachines. And a small needle popped out from his pointer finger. He pushed the needle into Putin's shoulder and the nanomachines began draining from his body into Kanye. Nanomachines plus cyborg will probably mean I'll be slow, 
but able to heal and be tougher than Putin. Cage nodded. Well, if Putin's no longer an issue, Obama began, I can arrange for pickup right here on this beach. And he began radioing for assistance just as Liam Neeson and his daughter came out of the trapdoor. Everyone, Liam said, let's go home. Chapter 10, the final chapter. A week later, Obama and his new vice president slash bodyguard sure. slash personal rapper slash personal Jesus were running the nation and giving everyone free health care. Liam Neeson, his daughter, and Nicolas Cage were all working in his ice cream shop, but Putin was not dead. Deep in Illuminati's secret base, Putin kneeled to the throne of his lord. My liege, he whispered, I have failed you. How dare you speak in such a way, you are dark <laughs> lord, Putin yelled Nicki Minaj. I should have fed you to sneak. Silence, Nikki, said a man in the shadows, sitting on a throne. What Obama doesn't know is that both he and Putin have prototype nanomachines, and the true nanomachines are in my body, said the Dark Lord. Well then, Nikki said. My lord, we come out of the shadows, Putin asked. Yes. The man stood and walked almost to the light. His face was hidden, but he was wearing jeans, a gold chain around his neck, and a hooded robe. The robe's hood looked like a snake. And with the robe's length, the man looked almost like a snake rearing to attack. I will return. But I only ask, what is it, my lord? Nicki Minaj and Putin asked together. Do not call me the Dark Lord anymore. I do not feel like I am a lord. I still feel like my old self, he said. I still feel like I did when I was just a knight. So please, call me by the name of the knight. You want us to call you sir? The two acolytes asked. Yes. Call me by what the world once knew me as, he shouted. <laughs> Call me Sir Mixalot. <clears throat> Both bowed to Sir Mixalot and they left. Sir Mixalot turned back to his throne. <laughs> My anaconda will rise again. Oh. The end. So that was National Treasure. That the end. Yes. That was National Treasure 3. Diego, you're disaster a fucking Diego brilliant Brandon. writer. I loved all yeah. of that. <laughs> right? Yep. I saw that and that just I'm like, glad you chose that one. fucking day. So. Oh, that was excellent. <laughs> Me too. All right. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> like, I started reading this and I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh my god, I love this so much. And I love that the secret has yeah. the Illuminati. Well, his uh, hand of being has to rise again. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Good yeah, times, so man. That's that. Great story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can't go wrong with Nicolas Cage and the Illuminati <laughs> of ice-named rappers. It, plus a few others. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Except for Snoopy, you know, totally who won't wear toga over a hoodie. So, like, I one hundred percent see that happening. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Seriously. Okay, everybody, stay safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Go watch some. Craptastic yeah. TV or and, some less uh, craptastic TV. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Yeah. Still next Bye. Time. Until next time. Bye.